Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is episode 67 where we discuss Scream 1, 2, 3 and 4, but not the new one. Um, a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorised by a new killer. I've still got this COVID, I can't spit my words out at the moment. Um, yeah, no Larry tonight, so we've got Jess with us. Hello. And you in. Hello. Now I'm really hoping they've got lots to say about Scream. So, what have we been up to this week? Um, I got back to work after having COVID, so been working all week. Be bad trying to catch up on all the things, all the jobs that have cancelled the week before. Um, watching a fair bit of uh, TV this week, movies, and uh, I received Dying Light 2 on Friday, so I've been playing that a fair bit because I think I completed that on my PC and on my Xbox a couple of times at least, and it was the original Dying Light, and it was great fun. Um, so yeah, loving that. But though it doesn't look that special, to be honest, I was quite surprised. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. So you in? What you been up to? Uh, well, sort of um, odds and sods, I guess. Uh, I went to um, uh, a sort of a film screening. Uh, it was one of these <laughs> events that I, I'm not really a big fan of, but I think lots of other people enjoy them. They're, they're essentially screenings, sort of private screenings, but where sort of certain certain celebrities are sort of around but i always feel really out of place there because they're all sort of you know glamorous and beautiful and i'm just sort of there in a woolly jumper <laughs> maybe reading a book or something so, so is anyone thought... we know anyone we know any friends of the show no 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 like i, I and to melissa be honest george I... melissa george there? <laughs> I, no? I don't think so i think i and the thing is, is that i think i only found out that they were celebrities in the morning after because I just didn't. I thought they were influencers at first because they yeah. were they were wearing things that were like you know designed to be taken photos of. If you know what I mean, just sort of. And it's almost like that they weren't there for the the film. They were there just to be photographed. <laughs> Lawrence has just commented saying, "As do I, as do I." <laughs> I'm glad he's watching. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, but it was, it was a fun of, it was, it, it was, I, I was really there for the screening. I'm really a person that goes to a screening for the film itself rather than the event. You know, there were like photo booths there and like people talking and stuff like that. And, you know, even though there was a policy of, of no, of, of people wearing masks, no one was wearing a mask. No one cared. I was the only one who was wearing a mask as far as I was, as far as I'm concerned. So it was a bit sort of, uh, it was a bit bittersweet. I was glad to get home. Let's just say, say that. The, 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 the film's good though. But yeah, other than that, pretty good week. Nice. Nice. Jess? Just uh, working. Working. <laughs> just working. Um, you know, went out with some friends after work a couple nights. So that was Having it, really. a social life. That sounds... That yeah, sounds trying to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk the these screen films. Now I, I watched Scream Three, didn't I? Um and Jess, which one did you watch? Scream one. Any? Well you watched number one. Just number I'm... one. So I'm and... relying on you guys to Yeah. And yeah. you and probably watched <laughs> I know you watched at least two. Did you make I... it as far as three and four? I watched all four, yes. And it was oh, an wow. interesting it was an interesting experience watching them all in such a close uh You've seen them before? I, I, I'd seen one and two before. I hadn't okay. seen three and four before. <clears throat> yeah, three is quite different, isn't it? Um, yeah. So Scream was uh, 
released 1996, directed by Wes Craven of, of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street fame and People Under the Stairs and lots of other decent horror films. It was re- written by Kevin Williamson. Uh, I think he wrote The Faculty as well. Starred Niv Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox and Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And <laughs> had a budget of $14 million. Uh, and the box office was 173 million, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, Rotten Tomatoes did pretty well. Um, do you want to have a guess? Go on, have a guess, Jess. First watch Ooh. for you 80 something. Yeah, well, it was 78, the old okay. tomatoes, and the uh, audience was 82, I think, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk Scream. I've got a few things written down, like Garage Door, which I like, <laughs> um, and some other bits. So it's a great film. I watched all these in October. It was my teenage son's first watch. We watched all four, and we really enjoyed that. Even three, to, which is a bit, I don't know what went on in that, really. We'll talk about it in a bit, but... Certainly one, two, and four, and their rotten tomato scores are excellent. Um, I know number three had a, a different writer. Um, yes. I've got on my notes, and uh, I'm not quite sure why, because I think Kevin Williamson really laid the plans for all four, didn't he? Mm. I read somewhere. Um, yeah. And something went wrong, or he was too busy, or whatever. I don't know. Um, unless you know about that. I'm sure Larry does. I sure might comment <laughs> in a minute. Um, yeah, so basics of the story are a, a teen... Who, who dies? Her mum, isn't it? Her mum's killed a year yeah. before. And then she starts being terrorised, really, by a guy in a kind of cloak and a screen mask on. Yeah, That's the other thing is, I think all four films... Scream, it's not like Freddy or Jason or Michael. Um, it's a different killer in every film. He's just putting a mask on. And the thing mm. is, they're all very similar as well. They're all pretty stupid, aren't they? Well, like... yeah, in some way. I mean, it's it's quite interesting how how as as the Scream films progress, the sort of I don't know, the athleticism and the sort of of the various ghost faces gets better. And I yeah. find it interesting that in one and two, um, I think ghost face is much more comedic in a strange way. Um, and then for some reason, they they sort of, I don't know, they kind of went against that in the third one. They made him like like properly sort of like, like that he can ki- like they can kill really easily. And then they sort of continued that for screen four. I find with three and four, um, his sort of the ghost face is sort of is not as funny um which i find because in like one and two he gets like kicked to shit (laughs) and it's like quite slapstick in some ways and it's really really funny whereas three and four is a bit more serious which i thought was a bit of a bit of a loss but yeah but none of us have seen the new one have we have have you no i haven't i haven't i I don't know if larry has he might well have done um but we will get round to that that'd be on the be on the list Mm -hmm to review at some point um yeah so there's a few interesting things about the first one and i'm just going to go into uh do we go straight into spoilers we might as well yeah 
Why not? You know I mean? what... I'm sure everyone's seen it. <laughs> yeah, ev- everyone has seen it. I don't know if everyone's seen three and four. I think most people seen one and two. Um, I did like some of the scenes. The garage door scene, absolutely superb. Mm. Um, I'm sure I've seen that in another film as well. Very, very similar scene. Um, I like the little, the janitor, which was Wes Craven, is with the uh, Freddy Krueger jumper on. I don't know if you noticed that. I, in, I, in I, I did. I, I thought that might have been a, a I didn't realize it was a um, but I thought it would have been a cameo because it is just a full shot of him. I was like, oh, well, do we yeah. do we see this janitor at some point in the future? It's like, oh, no, okay, it must be a cameo of some sort. So, yeah, I didn't realize it was Wes Craven. <laughs> yeah, and there's a cameo from Linda Blair um, as a reporter, you know, hmm. uh, Reagan from The Exorcist. Yeah. Um, when uh, I think, I'm not sure if it's the first, it's definitely with the Neve Campbell character. Um, she gets pulled up outside and wants to be questioned on who it was or you know what happened and that was uh linda blair i thought that was yeah. quite good i don't know um yeah there, there's there's a few bits and pieces from other films in it um oh, so off the top of my head i can't remember larry would know all this but um <laughs> yeah there's a few like shout outs to other movies in it if, if you watch it yeah like halloween quite, and um yeah if you watch it i mean even even Nightmare on Elm Street, which um, which is sort of a, a sort of extra meta, like it's like it's um, Drew, when Drew Barrymore's character is being essentially terrorised um, in the opening scene. Yeah. Um, she mentions uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and how the first one was really good, and then the sequels were really really bad. And I think Wes Craven left um, the Nightmare on Elm Streets um, after the yes. after the first one. So that was a little little dig, I think. And <laughs> it was a great sort of metasexual <laughs> kick. Um, and uh, and I mean, you could really go d- deep into that because um, from stuff that I've read, it was one of the, uh, if not the first film to actually mention other horror movies um, or the first horror yeah. film to ma- mention other horror movies. Um, uh, and it, it is the first one to sort of deconstruct those uh, sort of um, genre conventions because uh, I don't think any other horror movie did that before. Um, I mean, I mean, that's the key sort of uh, USP to Scream is that in all of the movies, um, even the third one, it sort of deconstructs horror movies in a very sort of it. It's all it 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 sort of, it sort of borders on the academic, but it's it it manages to, it manages to make it um, entertaining at uh, at the same time. And I think um, there was also I think there was an article on on Vox that's that suggested that Scream was the kind of uh was a sort of catalyst um in order to make um audiences understand more about the horror genre and yeah. that kind of leads into the sort of uh, in quotes elevated horror that we see today because um it kind of led to people wanting to subvert um genre expectations like uh, Jordan Peele does or go completely against them which which audiences react to because they understand how conventional horrors are made because Scream sort of lays them out perfectly um, so I think that, I, I think Scream did a lot for uh, for the genre I think yeah so so we we can talk to Jess about this because you've only watched the one and we can try and explain yes. so what, what are your feelings on this first Scream? I really liked it so I, I already knew um I knew who the killers were because it's kind of a general knowledge thing, I think, at this mm. point. Um, 
so when I was watching it, I was like putting it all together. Um, and you could see it as well. I think I felt like it was kind of obvious at times. Um, Guess I didn't when I first watched it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You know but yeah, but well, it's funny because I, I, I didn't guess when I first watched it either. But I watched, oh, okay. it, I watched it the second time, though. I was like, how did I not guess it yeah, was there? Yeah. So I obviously think there. the main part that I found to be quite obvious was in the uh, like video store. Um, when the guy is like, uh, the innocent one is mm. talking about um, like the rules mm, and stuff. Yeah. And then they're both next to him. Yeah, 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 and like the way they were looking, yeah, I thought that was quite obvious then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the opening scene as well, I think it's great. I've, I've seen that before, um, so I'm sure I was made to watch it in college or uni, um, which is amazing. But yeah, it was great. Well, you need to watch the second one because it's a good continuation, oh, yeah. so I uh... definitely want to watch the rest. It's funny as well, you, you, you mentioned Shaggy earlier, yeah. Um, I can't remember who plays him. Now. He does well playing because I didn't think Shaggy would be that good as an actor, really. Yeah, he's quite I mean, zany, he's, isn't he? And he's been and, in uh, various other things, like um, he didn't have uh, his dog with him either. No, he didn't <laughs> have his dog. No, but he's also in like um, uh, the Twin Peaks um, return, so the the Twin Peaks um, season three, <laughs> essentially, um, where he was there and he was playing. He's quite, play, playing quite a, a, a sort of a serious role, but it, it's quite. It's but I I can't unsee Shaggy. I think I because I saw Shag. I think I saw you know from the live action Scooby Doo. I saw it when I was like I don't know eight or nine or something. And so yeah. that actor just it's just it's just Shaggy to me. So <laughs> to see them in this sort of murderous environment, I mean you know yeah. Shaggy's been through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers, Dan. Nice year. Nice to see you watching. Thank you. And he can't believe that you haven't seen it, Jess. I know, but th that's the thing. There's so many I haven't seen in there, so I still need to watch Halloween. Basically, every scary movie that was referenced in this film, I need to watch. <laughs> so, <laughs> I gave you all The Exorcist, and I have you got, yeah, they're on my DVD shelf. So, <laughs> right when I move, yeah. I can, yes, yeah. we'll get you sorted. Although, living by myself, I think watching all these horrors is, um, yeah, it won't be, won't be so <laughs> good, will it? Well, yeah. we kind of have like, like the, the party things you do on Prime, and that they're quite fun yeah. sometimes. Um, I used to do that with Paul, but he's, uh, we don't see Paul anymore. Yeah. I mean, a, so, good, a, good, a good film to see on your own um, in the house would probably be Hereditary, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, I've seen that one already, so that's all right. <laughs> okay, bro. Try Exorcist 3, Jess. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, what before the others, or <laughs> just just on its own? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's on its own. It's, it's great. Um, so Scream Two, 1997. Again, directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. Budget of twenty-four million. Box office of one hundred and seventy-two million. Audience score on this, Jess. What do you think? On the second one. Yeah, because you haven't seen, seen it. So, <laughs> okay, have a guess. Have a guess. Have a wild guess. They normally get worse, don't they? Seventy. Yeah, I'd probably do that. Seven. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. The tomato score was eighty-one. <laughs> And this film is pretty much about a film being made called Stab. Mm. I'm surprised there isn't a film out there called Stab already, to be honest. <laughs> Might well be. Cause it, um, now, Cotton, in the first one, let's just go back to him. Um, was mm. he the one in prison originally for the kill killing of the mum, wasn't he? 
yeah. of Sydney's mum. So he's released and he's now got his own show. Uh, does he? Is that right? I don't. I think that's in three. I Is think it in, in three? Two, I think in two he's released, and um, Gail, uh, played by Courtney Cox, yes. um, attempts to put um, Cotton and uh, Sydney together for uh, an interview, um, oh. which Sydney immediately refuses. Which one's he dying really quickly? Spoiler alert: He dies in three. He dies in three. Sort of in the uh, in the introduction, really, in the opening. I thought he was. The host of the show and he what he, he well he, he so <laughs> so in the end of the second one he manages to uh like bag a deal and then the sort of start of the third one he has his own show in los angeles um uh, has his own talk show and i think that intro lasts i don't know 10 15 minutes before he's he's yeah. sort of killed i think I mean, it's not very memorable, the third, the third one, to be honest, but it's... Um, uh, <laughs> I've <laughs> hardly written anything other than I wrote Half Brother. There you go. That's... that's In, in the third one, that's all I've wrote. Yeah, oh. yeah. Or is that... Oh, that yeah, s- yeah. We're going to ruin these films here, Jeff. <laughs> absolutely ruin But I like... I, I actually really like Scream 2. I, I think it's a very... It's a very solid sequel. And I feel like, I don't know if I've said this before on this podcast, but I feel like Scream 2 was like one of the first to sort of take the piss out of sequels. Um, and it's so sort of self-reflexive. And there's even there's even a scene of, of them talking about um, great sequels and bad sequels and uh, sequels that may have outshined the originals, like um, sort of Alien versus Aliens or Godfather versus Godfather Two. It's those, and it's in a, it's specifically in a um, uh, a film seminar. So it's it's set on this college campus, and uh, people, I think it's like a liberal arts campus where it's like you know people studying theatre and people studying film. It's literally just this film class where they just deconstruct um, uh, sequels, and it's great. And I think I think that probably influenced other um, sort of comedy sequels like. I don't know, uh, sort of tw- like Twenty Two Jump Street, where they just sort of uh, throughout the, the whole sort of joke is is that they're just taking piss out of sequels. I've never but seen I think, that. Yes, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's good that. it's good film. Um, but it's uh it's so fun as well. I I don't think it's it's nearly as good as the original, but it, it's still it's still got that um. Uh, the sort of magic of the first one in some ways, in that you're just so so sort of. It's sort of enraptured in this story that takes the piss out of itself. I mean, it's funny, really, because because watching these films, I, I don't actually think I was scared at all. Um, it's sort it's no, sort of the, no. it, it, it's the kind of difficult dynamic you have with um, comedy horror or horror comedy is that you tend to prioritize one over the other. But I think I think the comedy in all these movies is, is just compl- uh, so solid and so watchable and just so enjoyable that it's. Um, uh, yeah, the, the the second one is just is just really really fun, and I love the fact that um, this isn't continued after the second one for some reason. But Sydney studies theatre, and I just love that she's she, she she's playing an actor, and you know obviously the actor's playing an actor as well as um, the film uh, within the film uh, Stab, which is based on the murders that happened in the original film, and uh, Sydney is played by um, uh, Tory Spelling. 
who she said in the first one said, "Oh, but with my light, I'll be cast by oh, you know with Tory Spelling," and then it is Tory Spelling in the, in, in the film. <laughs> it's so it's it's just so enjoyable to watch those such sort of precise details, and I think I I think it's interesting that Scream Three was as bad as it was, um, and I think the reason for that, or a large part of the reason for that, is because even though Wes Craven is still there, Kevin Williamson isn't. And I think that sort of shows how how important the writer can be in these in these situations. And it's often not just I mean, you know, the film is often like cited as a a director's medium. It's like, you know, the auteur theory that was developed in like the 60s, where it's, you know, the director is is like the most important. He's the author of the vision and stuff. But but I think Scream Scream 3 is like a, a perfect example of a movie where it needs the original writer in order to work, because um I mean, uh, the issue with Scream Three is that there is that there are there are certain ideas which which are good, but it's it's just none of them are carried off very well, and uh, some are like quite forgotten, and um, and that's why Scream Four was a bit more refreshing as well because it kind of it got Kevin Williamson back, um, and it kind of revitalized it in some ways. Definitely did. So we don't want to give away too much of this one to you, Jess. But um, <laughs> should we give away the killers or not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I remember, to be honest. <laughs> well, you had... Uh, it was Billy's mum, wasn't it? Yeah, so in Scream... And Scream, yeah, Scream 2, it was... Billy's mum and Mickey. Right? Mickey, yeah, that was it. Yeah, Mickey and Billy's mum. There you go. Scream... So threw in for you, Jess. So <laughs> I'll forget. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was. In, it's. It, I mean, it's interesting with Scream Three in particular because uh, it, it in because of certain revelations that have happened, mainly because of like um, um, the sort of um, Harvey Weinstein uh, trial and and stuff like that. Um, because Bob and Harvey Weinstein exec produced all these movies, um, it's been looked. At, Scream Three has been looked sort of retrospectively as a kind of. Um, I don't know what the evidence is for this, but as almost a kind of um, a, a kind of against Harvey Weinstein because it features a producer who takes advantage of young female actresses um, and you know gets them jobs based on you know what they do for him and 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 stuff like that. But it's interesting that that's only um, referenced briefly and and not and not very it's not referenced in 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 much detail at all and i and i i kind of wonder in my sort of conspiratorial brain that i wonder is like whether they wanted to do more with it but the producers were like we don't want you to, to, to do anything more with it because it's more like uh, the third one is more like a satire of hollywood and um and dewey who's the um sort of clumsy police officer um, from the other two films, he becomes a sort of a, a script consultant on the new Stab movie um, because he was there. And, it, it, and there are some there are some good points in the film, like they build sets in LA, which are sort of like representative of um, the houses and in Woodsboro and, and and stuff like that. And I quite I quite like. And there's a scene where Sydney goes into her um, sort of artificially created bedroom that's that's now a set and she goes in and she sort of has memories and stuff and i think i think that was actually a really interesting idea but there are just so many things that are just not 
not carried off well. There are so many things left dangling. Jay and Silent Bob for some some reason turn up. Um, <laughs> I don't, again, I don't know why that 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 happened. I don't know if it was like a <laughs> it's, it was like a press for their own movie when they when they eventually made it. It's um, in the same universe, isn't it? I yeah, that's what. Um, or it would be Dano interpretation. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Larry. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I I do say what one thing that is consistently good in all four movies is David Arquette. Yeah. I just think David Arquette He's is just amazing. so constantly funny. Um and I quite like the fact that um I this may be looking too much into it. Um but I liked the um uh sort of it, it, this yeah, this may be looking too much into it, but there's like a history of like in horror movies where there's like um uh, disability is treated as almost like a, a a villainous trait and it's sort of like you know you can see it in the sort of monsters and everything from like their history and stuff um but with dewey i, I just love the fact that because in the in the sequel um he's he walks with a limp because he um because he was essentially I think he, I think he was stabbed in the first one um and so it sort of like severs a nerve and he has to walk with a limp but i love that he's a kind of he, he's a, such a lovable hero but he has a disability and i think i i actually don't think it was an intentional thing for like for them to satirize that but i think i, I quite like that that sort of the screen movies have that even though his limp somehow improves across the across the other movies which is which is a bit strange but but it's still um it's still it's still quite fun to see and i quite um and i and i, I just love i just love david arquette i mean from from i really want to see his movie he's got a he had a movie that came out i think i think last year called um i think it's called like who, who killed david arquette or something it's a whole documentary about him going into professional wrestling and how other oh, i need to see that yeah, yeah, and how and how other wrestlers really hated him because he he went in initially as a celebrity thing, and and everyone else really hated him because he like came in on like celebrity status. But he actually really genuinely wants to be an actual wrestler. I mean, he's a crazy guy, but he's like, so, I mean, I saw him. Like, I think I saw him first in like C Spot Run, in which he's still good, even though I mean, I, I think C Spot Run is a really underrated movie. But you can understand why people would hate it. But he's so good in that, as well as Eight Legged Freaks, which is obviously another another big movie classic. <laughs> um, but he's so again even though screen three isn't very good he's he's still he still goes 110 percent into it and i i love that i think it's good so we should should we uh that was a bit about scream two and three really wasn't it yeah yeah so like screen screen three was um that had a budget of 40 million and a box office 161 million so again massive success um financially although they, although they considered that the last one which was interesting because yeah. i think i think the general response was that it wasn't very good and so they didn't make another one after that until 2011 so 10 years later what was it so we went yeah, from 997 to, to 2011 um so anyway the the killer was her half brother is that right yeah so the, ba- half- the, ba- the basics were that Sydney's mum was raped, gave the baby oh. away. Is that right? Yeah, I I wasn't too clear on the yeah. on the backstory. If I'm honest, he gave, gave the baby away and then mm. he came back and was yeah. And he was well, a director. He was the director of the of the yeah. seventh stab film, I think. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, there's lots of stab. Yes, no, that was screen screen four was stab seven. I think it might have been stab oh, three. Right, yeah, yeah. All gets confusing. All these stabs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they got seven films out of it at least. Mm. 
<laughs> so that was pretty pretty much it, Jess, on on that. And I don't really want to talk about Screen Free, and I had to sit through it again. Um, <laughs> it was Aaron Kruger then. Why? why I, I still don't understand why. I'm looking at his what he's written. He wrote Revenge of the Fallen and Age of Extinction, and the American version of The Ring. Ring. Oh, two. Right. oh, there's um, a reason why that film wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. So, like, even the Transformers. I don't know. I don't mind the, visually watching the Transformers if, if there is no storyline, particularly, is there? Not from um, ones I've seen. No, it's just it's explosion to explosion and robots fighting. It's great. So uh, what what would it what does uh, Larry mean by uh, well Larry got wrong L- Larry agrees with me that that sea swat run is a classic and of course it is I mean especially if if you know if you know what if you've seen it the um I haven't the, the 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 pet shop scene in sea spot run is honestly one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen and i'm not i'm not i'm not, I'm not even being ironic I, I i genuinely think it's a it's a brilliantly coordinated and choreographed uh scene of comedy and i think it's genuine i think you so can is get, that a I movie think, yeah run. it's, right. a kid's movie. Okay. it's a kids movie okay um, it's about a dog yeah it's about a dog who's like trained by the fbi oh okay <laughs> And he's let loose somewhere, and the FBI are trying to find him. And um, the dog ends up going to this family, but the family embraces Spot, um, and so the Spot has <laughs> Spot has to choose between the family and the FBI. Um, and it, and there's some good, there's some actually really good actors in it. There's some, like people from like Goodfellas because there's like an Italian American mobster angle to it as well. And it's I, <laughs> I think his name is Paul Savino who's in Goodfellas, but. Um, but it's, I don't know how we got here, but but it's a great it's a great movie. <laughs> Go see it. Is, does a dog get brutally murdered at the end? Or no, unfortunately not. It's a kids no. movie, so you can't kill a uh, dog in a kids movie. Okay, well, I don't think you can kill a dog in any film, really. Can you? Well, I um, think they did it. Didn't they do it in Old Yeller? And actually, I think I think that's a kids movie as well. I haven't seen Old Yeller, <laughs> but I think they kill a dog at the end. I haven't seen many films in for a while with with dogs in Canine. Maybe there was one with Tom Hanks. What one was that? That was good. Um. Uh, yeah. Oh, what was that? A turn, Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. What a film! I haven't seen that one, but I yeah, <laughs> I've heard of it. Turner <laughs> so, Hooch is good. Okay, it is very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Tom Hanks is amazing. I don't, whatever yeah. I watch him in, he's amazing. So uh, yeah, let's talk. Uh, so let's talk. Stab Seven. Uh, screen Four. <laughs> mm. uh, back to Kevin Williamson. Mm. Writing came out in 2011. Budget of 40 million. Box office of ninety seven million. That's gone down a bit. Not sure why. Yeah. Um, because prices people... would have gone up. I expect. Yeah, maybe it's just because people weren't all that interested as as they were in 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 the screen movies. Because I think um, I think also it was mainly made for the anniversary. I think it was like the fifteen year anniversary or something um, of Scream. So it was more of an anniversary thing. I think that's probably a similar case for the for the new one as well. Um, but I actually thought it was a it was a brilliant return to form, especially when you look at that opening, which is so sort of it takes it takes meta to a whole new level, and it's sort of you know you got you got the sort of you don't you don't realize it at first, but it's like the opening to um, I think one of I think like Stab Three or Stab Four, 
where t- two girls are just having a conversation. And it's funny, I was watching it saying, oh, this is made by a man who clearly never met any women before. And it's just like, there's no sort of uh, intrigue about that. But then you realize it's it's just the opening to stab and you realize, oh my God, he's, he's just satirizing that. And then he does it again and again. He does it like four or five times before we finally get to like, you know, screen four titles come up. And I think it's just such, it, again, it's so funny. And I think m- maybe the reason people didn't take to it as much is because they don't remember the original scream and what it and what it tried to do because i can imagine if you hadn't seen the other scream movies and you didn't realize that that was the point um you'd be you'd probably be quite confused as to what's going on especially if you especially with the whole stab thing so i think the whole sort of stab franchise doesn't come in until scream 2 so it's sort of um you you have to have seen scream 2 in order to understand it um but i think it's great I, i i enjoyed it I'm just trying to remember what happened in it. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> right. So I, I, I'm trying to remember I'm now. Just try, um, trying to remember. It's... So Sydney has uh, f- uh, finished a book w- in which she writes her experiences about um, the scream and stuff, um, and uh, it's so she she writes this book she comes back to westboro as a sort of pr thing um her agent is played by alison brie of like community mad men and, and stuff like that and um yeah she returns and all these students um are pretty much <laughs> into horror movies as you know a, 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 as expected and uh and then the murders happen and everyone's like realizes that the murderer is is going according to um horror movie principles um i'm starting to remember now watching this yeah i mean it's not <laughs> it's, me. <laughs> it's not amazing the rest of the film isn't amazing I, I but i think i after scream 3 i was like yeah this i i kind of needed this because <laughs> after scream 3 i was like oh it's dead. i can't be bothered anymore but it's like scream 4 there was lots of um enjoy it's also weird seeing all these films in a close space of time it's really weird for me because it kind of it goes from a time that i barely knew so in 1997 i was what like two (laughs) so i didn't really know what was going on then to 2011 when i recognized you know i recognized the devices they're using and and you know the general feel of you know the teenage because i was a teenager back in 2011 as well and I, i kind of knew what was happening but it was sort of um yeah it was it was, it was really strange you see like uh, sort of emma roberts in there who's you know a very uh, yeah. um, recent actor and um i'm gonna butcher her name so i apologize um hayden patinaire uh, pa- patinaire oh, from perfect from yeah. heroes yeah, heroes, yeah. yeah. um and it's, it's yeah it's, it's, it's quite strange but i and again that the um and it's interesting they because they take the piss out of um uh saw movies and uh the sort of torture porn of the time yeah. and it's funny how the the blood um that comes out is 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 much more graphic and much more sort of um <laughs> sort of more like buckets of blood and i think that's obviously a satire on on how bloody that horror movies have, have become and they sort of take the piss out of that and there's like um and i, and I think it is a return to form because it is just like I, I think the enjoyment from these films is the satire of the movie, the satire of the movies themselves, and how they're constructed, and how they can become quite predictable. After you know, when one comes after the other, and I think Screen Four recaptures that. Even though the story isn't as engaging as one or two, it's still quite, it's still quite enjoyable. It's on Netflix yeah, as well. It's the only Scream on Netflix. Just strange. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, I, 
Macaulay Culkin's brother, Rory. I, I, yeah, I remember, he does him, look yeah. just like him, really, doesn't he? I haven't um, seen Rory, I haven't seen that Culkin brother in anything else. I saw him in, oh, God, was it? Was it some serial killer one, I think? He was amazing. Hmm. Um, Wait, is he the one that's in Scott Pilgrim? No, that's um, Kieran Culkin. Yeah, there's quite a few of them, isn't there? Yeah. They all look yeah. very much alike. Mm. He wasn't the one in Home Alone, though, was it? Was that no, another Mc- brother? M- Macaulay Mc- Culkin. But I think there was two Culkins in Home Alone, though. No? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there was. Uh, I Larry, think we, no. Can you confirm yeah, I mean, that, Larry, please? Well, in terms of in terms of those sorts of comedies, I mean, McCall Culkin was in Home Alone, Home Alone yep. 2. Kieran Culkin was in Father of the Bride, and Father of the Bride 2 was Steve Martin. Um, again, I... Uh, I can't remember his name now. Rory Culkin. I've, I've, I, I honestly, yeah, I, I didn't, I, I didn't realize that was a third brother. To be honest, I was like, oh yeah, that does look like a Culkin brother. And then it revealed, you know, at the end where they do like the names and the footage. I was like, oh right, that must be that must be why he's he, he looks a lot like the other Culkin brothers. So it's like, yeah, strange. No, he wasn't in the film that I thought he was in. But, uh, yeah, there you go. I get it wrong constantly. So. Uh, <laughs> So feelings on this, and you you think it's okay? I think it's all right. I wouldn't. It's not a film I'd revisit all the time, unless I was mm-hmm. doing all four again, which I won't do for a few more years. I don't think. Mm. Um, I'd certainly revisit the first two, maybe every other year. Mm. You know. Yeah. So if you were to rate them before we move on, unless Larry's got anything to say. But like, if you were to rate them, I saw Larry give us a rating in a minute. I would probably say the first one, eight. Then the second one, eight. Third one, four. The fourth one, a six, I think, for me. And obviously, we haven't seen the, the latest one. So, Jess, we're going to give the first one. I'd say an eight. Okay, that's yeah. nice. That's good. You in. Yeah, I give. Uh, I think I give one a nine. Actually, I think because yeah. I, I just I, I think I enjoy Scream a lot, I, and I I haven't actually watched it in a while, and I realized how how good it was, and and I think I realized, I don't think the first time I watched it, I really understood the jokes and the sort of like the, the sort of metatextuality of it. Um, I think now it's it's more obvious, and it's far more because it, it's it's also funny that um, uh, scary movie came out sort of i think in 2000 2001 which was a spoof movie that also took the piss out of scream and scream took the piss out of horror movies so it's a weird mixture but also the funny thing about scream was that its working title was scary movie so it gets even it gets even yeah, weirder yeah. but i think the funny thing is is that scream it despite all its like sort of um uh conventional appearances in some ways um it's a really intelligent horror movie and i think that's the that's the that's the funny thing that scary movie doesn't really get is that it's, it's a scary movie is sort of silly and sort of lewd and weird i like and, those and, films yeah yeah and, and I, I i really i really enjoy the first four and i think i think they're um they're solid movies but i think scream is a far more sort of it's far more intelligent it's it, yeah. it, it, it it's far more sort of interesting as well so yeah so i give scream nine i give scream two eight um because again, I, I think that's a great sequel. Scream three was just awful, so I think I agree. I, I think four would be for Scream three, and yeah, the six is Scream four. Yeah, that's about right then. Mm. Okay, 
So we should do the scary movies, Jess. Have you seen them? <laughs> I've seen a bit of one of them at some point, I think. But... I wonder how much they've dated. <laughs> I, I like the one with the with the where he's doing the food with his claw or whatever he's doing. Oh, which one's that? It might be <laughs> Don't remember. number three. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, very funny. So from Larry, here we go. We've got first eight, second eight, third five, and the fourth seven. It's about the same then. We all uh, we all agree. So uh mm -hmm. Right, this is the uh, part of the show where we move on to what we watched this week. What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? Right, I'll start of what I've watched a bit of this week. Um, so I started watching Monster Hunter, so I'll put it on the projector, me and the boy. We sit down. It was on Now TV, and I've got that at the moment. But let's go and see. Um, started watching that. Got half hour into it. It was the biggest pile of horse shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, honestly, I was I was watching it, and she's you know the, the lady from Resident Evil. I can't remember her name. Um, she's like in charge of these bunch of shut soldiers, and she she's singing. Like the songs they march to and stuff, and it is just unbelievable. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Well, this, you know, yeah, listeners can't see it, but there's a scene of these soldiers out in the desert, and it was just I, Alex and it was, can you can we watch it? And I'm like, no, this is terrible. <laughs> and it's like, and I, I can't do it. I really can't do it. So I don't. Have you seen it, Ewan? No, I've I've never deigned to watch it. <laughs> like this this scene in the desert before whatever they are, like rhinos or whatever appear, um, which are ridiculous as well. Mm. Um, it just seems to go on forever. And I've played a game; and it was nothing like this. <laughs> I don't remember it being like this, like you know, in the desert with bones and people singing army songs. Mm. Um, yeah, so not for me. Uh, I don't know if Larry's got an opinion on that. Um, I don't know if he's watched it all right. All Dan, but terrible. <laughs> so I'm going to do one more, and then we we go around we go around the houses. So I watched another one. I think you. I think it's the Asphics. I think that's how you say it. So it was like an early '70s film about a photographer who tries to trap the human spirit at the moment of death. This is amazing, this film. It's got quite a few famous characters. There's a guy who used to be in a, a, a program, like a comedy program called The Detectives with Jasper Carrot. I can't remember his name. Um, but, it, you know, what you can see on the screen now, there's like a weird, I don't know what it is, like ghostly thing. Yeah. But every time he takes photos and things of people dying, there's like a smudge on the screen on the actual photograph. Um, and then they decide to video it. Uh, I think at a hanging. Um, and, and then they come up with some, it's like Ghostbusters. They have this little device that captures the spirit at the moment of death. And they have to line it up with a light. It's, it's crazy. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Cause it, it is great fun. It looks good. Um, it, looks great. it looks good. It is great fun. And I, you know, 
And on the big screen as well, I'll put it on the big projector. Um, mm. And it just looked great, you, you know. And I'm getting right into my 70s films at the moment because the stories, although the special effects are terrible, I think the stories are so new and, you know, mm. you can see other flings, films now that are influenced by these. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm amazing. Go and watch it. Okay, I think that I watched it on, whether it's Arrow or Shudder or might have even been Prime, but I did see the whole movies on YouTube, I think. Mm. Um, but, yeah, have a watch of that. So, Jess, have you watched anything this week? <laughs> um, God. What have I watched? I watched the first episode of the second season of Afterlife. Hmm. That was really good. Yeah. Um, I have been trying to watch Boba Fett. <laughs> Are you struggling? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, four episodes in, I was like... Uh, I was really struggling with it. After every episode, I would take like a week between each one to watch the next because I was like, "This is just." Yeah. I, I gave up after the first episode. I was just like, "Yeah, oh. it felt like there was nothing going on, but at the same time, there was like too much going on. Mm. Like they're trying to include all of this stuff that's just." Uh, yeah, and, and didn't there. they sneak? Didn't, didn't they sneak in like an episode of the Mandalorian in there? Where there was there was an episode. So yeah, where I was gonna focused. say yeah. the last episode I watched was the fifth episode, and I got in the first like ten seconds of it, and I really wasn't gonna watch anymore. Mm. And then obviously that happened. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to watch it now. Yeah. I I think I watched half of it. I was watching it earlier. I think I just stopped watching it. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I should go back and watch. Um, mm. But every I, all I keep seeing is people saying that the last episode is amazing. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I should watch it because I don't want to see spoilers if it is really good. But I've just been struggling so much of it, um, which yeah. is really disappointing considering how good you know the Mandalorian was. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all I've watched. <laughs> We've got to do Larry's bits in a minute. Um so mm. I, I don't know if you've got them lined up, Jess, but Ewan, what what did you Right, so uh I mentioned last week that I started playing uh Life is Strange. Yeah. Um uh and I finished the last episode um yesterday um i think it was about th three hours i, I decided I, I i i like adore this game to an extent which i i don't know i i feel like i i i feel like i take for granted sometimes when i play certain games and i have you know a, a such overwhelming feelings of sort of love for them and with 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 life is strange i i deliberately spaced out about three hours to play the last episode um just completely straight in the dark as well i just thought I just, I just need to like embrace this game and fucking hell it destroyed me like in terms of sort of it emotionally destroyed me and i was just sort of it, it really because you get you really get to sort of love these characters and i think the interesting thing about video games that is really underrated in my opinion is that is that you you literally get to you know it, like step into these characters' shoes and see what they love and you know what they love you love and it's a very sort of uh intimate experience and um mm. and yeah the ending was just so <laughs> I mean I, I I still think about it and I barely got to sleep last night because I was just thinking about it and I was just like I couldn't it was it was so sort of uh lovely and horrible and Last episode was like really, really surreal. I was trying to figure out because um, Lawrence last week said 
um, that it was ba- that the ending was was very similar to a film that he wasn't going to mention. Okay, and I'm not entirely. I'm actually not entirely sure what film he was referring to. I I I suspect it might be Interstellar, but um, but I'm not I'm I'm not sure. But it goes into a really sort of because it's about a a girl who can rewind time, and it transpires through that she's essentially sort of breaking apart the sort of space time continuum thing, um, and uh, she ends up going to this really bizarre interdimensional space where she's just. Um, it's really, really surreal and psychological, and it goes into her traumas and uh, worries and concerns. And it was, it was like, it was frightening. It was upsetting, and it was so sort of um, emotional as well. And I think that's what um, how these, how long yeah. is each episode? Yeah, if it's if funny. I was to sit there because I obviously I like playing those type of games because it's, mm. it's not too taxing, is it? No. Really, what, what I mean is you're not shooting. No, no people do you know what i mean it's just a no, nice yeah. game there's lots of others that i play like that mm. um yeah each episode uh is sort of two to three hours i think the later episodes are more like three hours uh long to to do maybe bordering on four maybe um but it's um but i, I also i also haven't been i i wasn't i haven't sort of played a game that was like designed like that to sort of be like uh sort of episodic um and um oh look lawrence got back oh go, a girl with dragon tattoo that's yeah that's interesting i actually didn't think about that mainly because i um uh with girl with dragon tattoo i think i only saw it when it came out and that's the only time i saw it and even though it's a good film it didn't really leave much of a uh mark on me but yeah I, I can see that now and i think i mean the interesting about life is strange it, it kind of combines everything i love about sort of um in terms if someone were to build a formula for sort of stories that i love i i don't think that anything could have been more accurate than what life is strange does because there's just like because i really like surrealism and dreams and it embraces that whilst tying it with um lots of emotional stuff and puts it and, and puts a teen love story at the at the center of it and i'm not saying i i adore teen love stories but there are certain films where there's um uh, teenagers in love which i just like fully embrace because it's just it's, you know it's first love and it's it's so sort of uh, sweet uh, and to have that kind of sweetness alongside such horror is just so um i don't know i i, I embrace it with sort of um a, a, a lot of heart i think it's it's a great game and i really recommend it i think the remastered edition has come out um I, I think there's lots of bugs wrong with it so i think they're i think they're sorting those out but i think you should uh people should oh, definitely i will give it a go so dan's um, just commented i'm dan jera from sweden brand new cherry flavor he's gonna watch the last episode tonight now i haven't watched any of those though i've heard really good things is that a netflix yeah it's it netflix i i think it's really heavily inspired by david lynch as well i think okay. that series um I, I'm, I'm quite interested to see it um, so I might, I'm going to, I think I will start that because I started the one you spoke about last week, the Korean one with, in the high school. Oh thing. yeah. Uh, all of us are dead. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm on that at the moment, but yeah, it'd be nice to break it up with someone else as well. So, uh, mm. yeah, let's know what was Dan. Mm. I'd get Dan on here. We should get him <laughs> on. Be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, one more, can I just talk about this one? Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode, I've taken the song from this film um, and just we'll play out with it instead of my usual track I've got. Um, so it's called, Jess, you can get it ready, Night Train to Terror, okay? 
So it's a film about God and Satan, the devil, and they're sat on a train. And they're discussing three people who's going to get their soul. Okay. So in a minute, you most likely will see some teenagers or whatever dancing around playing instruments, playing this song. So this film is broken up into kind of three stories, all totally different. Um, one is about some, it's quite horrific actually, about this guy killing people and cutting their bit body parts up and selling them. There's another one about a girl who sells popcorns and things and what happens to her in her life. I can't even remember what the third one is. But it's incredible that, like, this. see these... Right. <laughs> I'm already so what you can see on, the, on our screen, <laughs> listeners, you can see some people dancing around very kind of 80s. I think it's about 1983 or 85. Um, but kind of within this film, these people are just dancing around playing instruments, and it makes no sense. This film makes no sense at all, the way it's edited. <laughs> but I had so much fun watching it. Absolutely brilliant. So, like this week, watching Ace Fix and, and this. And then, if anyone's got any more recommendations for films similar to this, I'm, I'm on it because this was great. Um, it just made me laugh. It was gory. The blood, it had kind of stop motion stuff in it. It was absolute madness. So, at the end of this podcast, um, I've kind of got the song that they're playing throughout it. And uh, we'll play out with that. And honestly, <laughs> go back and watch it. Or just just watch. I think on YouTube, you can actually just watch that song and, and the guys performing it. It's, it's, it's just so much fun. So I can I, honestly, that eight for me. Incredible. So uh, <laughs> I don't get excited that much about old films, but it's just... It's absolute madness. So it's enjoyable. I think I, I think I think yeah, for the trailer, it's I it's just like, fun, yeah. like it's just just madness. I can't explain it. It's there are very gory bits in it, but it's just brilliant. And I think the second kind of film within it, they've got like three stories. The second one, there is a longer version of that somewhere, and um, which I'd like to get older because it's quite an interesting story, that one. Um yeah, because that has like a I sat around the table and there's this weird insect that if it bites you, you're dead. But this <laughs> insect is like a stop motion thing. It's absolutely ridiculous. So anyway, I don't get excited very often about movies, but that was that was so much fun. So I'll be buying that. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome film. Um, nothing else, Jess? Nope. Nothing from me. Nothing. nothing. I say, as, as I said at the beginning, I've been playing Dying Light two a lot which arrived oh, with nice. me on friday playing it on the series x um i've gone with the frame rate at the moment but it looks okay it's not that much i think it's old gen really because that's been delayed so many times um but it's it's i think the original cole crane it's the same voice actor just different character but it's the same voice similar stuff but it is you know if you want to get it, you in, just just get yeah. on it, mate. It's about 500 hours if you do it properly, oh, apparently. <laughs> so uh, I think you can do the story in about 10 hours. But, yeah, yeah. it's great fun. I expect Larry's got it already. Um, yeah. And that was pretty much... Oh, Batman Begins. 
Batman Begins. There was no penguins in <laughs> in things. Um, Batman Begins. What can I say? It's absolutely superb. Um, again, my two, I was with Alex and Bear, and they'd never seen it, and I couldn't quite believe it. Uh, and it is great fun. It's you know most of the film is pretty much backstory and. And him training to get to be what he wants to be, this kind of strange fellow who dresses as a bat. Um, amazing, amazing. Who's the main character? Who's the main villain? Um, uh, it's well, it starts. Does yeah. it start off as well? It we we it becomes Liam Neeson eventually, yes. doesn't it? But then it's it's um it's a uh, Gillian Murphy as um, Gillian, yes, Scarecrow. Again. Yeah, the scarecrow. I don't know if I spoke about this last week. I might have done. Um, but great film. Highly recommend it. Mm. Michael Caine's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, great gadgets. Yeah, I, I love it. Love it. Can't be a bit Batman. So that was pretty much me. So you in? What else you got? You must have watched something this week. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's this excellent BBC series that's coming out next week. I think it's coming to AMC in America. Um, called This Is Going to Hurt. Um, and it's based in uh, uh, an, an NHS hospital in London, I think. Um, stars Ben Whishaw, on, uh, who stars as a doctor on um, a gynecology ward. Um, and it's based on uh, a memoir by Adam Kay, which was a best-selling memoir, just literally about his sort of hit the diaries he wrote when he was working as a doctor in the nhs and he eventually became a comedy writer and it's it's such a good series i gave it five stars for culture whisper and it was just the first episode is like a, a really horrible anxious nightmare it's like it's like a, a day in in the ward like almost like the worst day you could possibly have and it's it's just him delivering babies and going from room to room, checking people's charts and checking everyone's okay. Um, he occasionally addresses the camera to sort of, I think, to say sort of thoughts and jokes that he wouldn't be able to say aloud if the if the patient was there. Um, and it's about history and just like the sort of struggle to have like a personal life when his his whole work life dominates just his entire existence. And he obviously can't sort of shrug off work because that puts, puts at risk, you know, the people who are involved, but equally if he overworks himself, um, uh, patients end up suffering. So he's, he's ending up trying to work this balance. Um, and it's a really, it's a, uh, I mean, Adam Kane uh, calls it a, a love letter to the NHS. Um, and I, I think in some, I think in some ways that's true. Uh, I think it sort of puts a greater appreciation for the NHS and the people who like <laughs> have to suffer through the whole, you know, process of it. And it's a really sort of, it's not like the uh, sort of American medical dramas where sort of everything's bright, everything's sort of opulent in some ways, and everything's sort of grand. It really goes into sort of like <laughs> the d dim and dingy corridors and just like blood on the floor and just like, you know, it's, it is like a nightmare, but at the same time, it's very, very real. It's very sort of tangible and you can't sort of, uh, you almost can't look away from it. And it's that, it's that thing where you sort of get used to really horrible things. So in the first episode, I think there is like a C-section and you watch it happen and it's quite brutal. It's quite horrific. Um, and then by like episode four, you go, oh yeah, it's another C-section. It becomes a kind of <laughs> mundanity in some ways. Um, I thought, 
yeah, I thought it was an excellent series, and that, and that comes out uh, next Tuesday um, on on BBC One. Um, also, uh, I watched uh, the first two episodes of um, Pam and Tommy, which is about the um, Pamela and uh, Pamela Anderson. How and, graphic um, is that? Because he was quite a big very, lad, apparently. Yeah, it's a very it's a very graphic series, which I think benefits it to, to some degree. Um, so it's about um, how uh, the distributors of the sex tape, which were which by today's standards would be very illegal um they uh the main guy was a carpenter um at the uh residence the sort of the sort of mansion of uh tommy lee who was the drummer from motley crew who yeah. married pamela anderson um and he was like a massive dickhead to this carpenter and the, car- the carpenter wanted his own back so he stole a safe from the mansion um really and really bizarre way you you talk again it's one of those things where truth is fa- is is stranger than fiction because and it shows that in the series where in the series he literally dresses up a, as a dog to get past the security cameras in order to get the safe which weighs a ton and sort of get like it takes it to, out of the front gate and that actually happened and it's really really it's really really strange um and that's the kind of sort of like surreal angle that this series goes to it's, it's um the first three episodes are directed by craig gillespie who directed i Tonya and um cruella the new cruella movie um yeah. And it's a it's it's really graphic. It's really lewd. Um, and in some ways, I I, I sometimes sort of um, feel slightly guilty at enjoying it so much because obviously it's about <laughs> it's about a really sort of uh, exploitative story. And, and Pamela Anderson uh, like struggled a lot during the time. Um, and as well as that, she doesn't really like the series. Well, rumors go that she doesn't really like the series because um, of how it kind of like. Um, not necessarily exaggerates things, but kind of like puts things over the top kind of thing. But I think because the series got, comes at an angle where they really do empathize with Pamela Anderson throughout the whole series, I think I think that gives it um, gives it credit. Um, and uh, it's it's Lily James as well. Lily James plays Pamela Anderson, and Lily James, for those who don't know, is, is quite a sort of a, a, a quite a, a famous figure in the sort of British period drama. She was in Downton Abbey. She was in. Yeah, I thought the, she was British. Yeah. Yeah. So, she, and uh, the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Society. I mean, that's a rubbish film, but she, but she was in it. And The Pursuit of Love on BBC. So she's in these sort of quite sort of well-to-do um, period dramas. Although she often plays the sort of more hedonistic, more wild character in in these productions. But she's completely transformed in uh in pam in pam and tommy because she's just like she's given so much prosthetic makeup she's given fake breasts and it's just she really sort of gets into that role so so strongly and she's unrecognizable and it, and i think it shows a different layer to her talents and i and you can always i mean throughout all her performances you can see there's something there but i feel like she hasn't been given a chance to really sort of unleash herself and i think pam and tommy really really does that um as well as um sebastian stan actually who plays tommy lee and seth rogan who's also really good and seth rogan is all is is an actor who's he tends to be typecast as the sort of stone slacker type guy and sort of like you know knocked up and this is the end and stuff like that but here he's sort of he's he he does have a bit of that but he's also quite a serious character and you sort of really sort of even though he's the guy who distributed this sex tape that almost ruined Pamela Anderson's life you kind of empathize with him or, or really empathize with his motivations because he was treated like shit he wasn't paid like proper money and he feels really sort of like um like done in by that um and I 
I, I think is a great series. Um, not without its guilt in some ways, but I think I think it's it's solid, and I think yeah, it's good. At Disney. Disney yeah, on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's a it's a Hulu, it was a Hulu originally a Hulu series, but it came to Disney Plus. Yeah, I turn off my Disney at the moment. All <laughs> right, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got Shudder, I've got Arrow. Ah, yeah, that's true. Now, you know, there, there's a fair bit there, but I'll mm. get to it. It might be on Internet Plus soon, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping. True, true. Um, what we didn't discuss before this, which is very unprofessional, is what we're gonna watch for episode 68 is it i think oh, yes so uh i don't know and obviously larry's not here so i think it's yeah it's going to be our episode 68 so i'm not sure screen I mean, five i mean if well, we have to go out it. and watch it I, I don't know if i'm gonna get time to, nah. to, actually, to um, actually see this film should we maybe do um uh the original texas chainsaw massacre I the, think that's a great idea. Because uh, I think the new yeah. one's coming out in a few weeks. Yeah, and I've got about at least four or five Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of films mm. right by me now, so I could do a, do two or three of them. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. So our episode 68 will be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And some of you watching. Um, I'm going to play that song, like I said. So, Jess. Oh dear. <laughs> so, so I'm going to I'm going to play this mm-hmm. our outro, and uh, you need to go and watch it because it's absolute madness. All right. So, <laughs> thanks everyone, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Junior's at